In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. of God today. We need them and they're available for us. I got some calls today, about three calls today that people need a miracle. Someone from Ohio called me 
Her name is Louise, and she needs a miracle of strengthening. And so we prayed. You see, the phone should be an instrument of prayer so that you pray with people that tell you their troubles. After they tell you their troubles, you can start praying. Say, I'm going to pray for you and just pray in the name of Jesus. That's the gift of God. You never know what God does over the phone. And you don't need to be afraid because you're not looking at the person. You hear, he, she hears you, he hears you, and we expect a miracle. We're looking at Mark, first chapter, the 16th verse. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea. They were just beginning to fish looking for fish. I tell you, I'm looking for fish today too, but they're two-legged ones. I'm looking for fish today. We have our net out, Anthony and I. We want to catch people for Jesus and for the kingdom. It's what we want to do. That's what we've been blessed to do, called to do. When the Lord says, pray that you send out more laborers, that's you. You're a laborer. You're sent out to bring people to Jesus. And Jesus said to the fishermen, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. The word immediately is seen so often in Mark's gospel. Why? Because Mark wants people to know the crucifixion is coming. And that is the great miracle, the greatest miracle. And immediately they left their nets and followed Jesus. As he went a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. That's Jimmy and Johnny. He saw them. And they were with their boat mending the nets. So they just came in from fishing, and they're mending the nets. Immediately he called them. There it is again, immediately. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed Jesus. I tell you, Zebedee didn't know what was happening. I'm sure he had to forgive Jesus because his two workers, his two sons, left everything to follow Jesus. It must have been his eyes that looked intently upon these people to follow him. It must have been his voice commanding that he follow Jesus, that they follow Jesus. It happened to me in 1968. I heard his voice through the wildflowers, and I knew immediately that my life is given over to Jesus Christ. Jesus has the eyes of fire, the voice of living waters. Once you hear from him, there's no going back. You know, we're called to be laborers, but Jesus has already done all the work. And now we don't need to labor, really. All we need to do is just go out and give the good news. 
give the good news to everyone we come across. We labor against ourselves, really. We labor against, you know, we know what we're called to do, but our flesh doesn't want to do it. So that labor takes place largest in the interior life of forgetting ourselves to to Jesus, to abandoning ourselves to the divine will. You know, we make our own crosses because we have God's will, which he, which we know what God wants us to do by the word of God, by the Holy Spirit. And anytime his will crosses our will, because that's not what we want to do, we make our own cross. But as you just abandon yourself to God's will, say, Lord, I, deba- I abandon myself to your divine will today. It's not about what I want. It's about what you want for me. It's no longer I who live, but Christ Jesus who lives through me. Then actually there becomes an ease on your life. Because you're no longer battling against yourself. You're just flowing in the river of God. Flowing in the river of the Holy Spirit. Do you know how you know if you're in the river? Because there's an ease on your life. You know how you know when you come out of the river? Because you start wanting to control. Wanting to control pulls us right out of the river. But just flowing in the Holy Spirit... And doing what the Holy Spirit leads us to do, then we're just gliding down the river of life, getting wet in the living living waters of Jesus. Abandonment, abandonment, surrender. A young person came to me several weeks ago. She had abandonment issues. She did not feel loved. I prayed a simple prayer with this person. The next week she came. Her face was shining like the sun. She said, I don't feel abandoned anymore. I don't feel that anymore. I've been healed. I'm going to tell you, those healings are the most difficult ones, the ones in the emotions. It's easy to fix a back in Jesus' name, but the emotions have to do with the brain. And so many times you have to pray and then pray over and pray over until breakthrough comes. Let's continue. They went to Capernaum, and Capernaum is the place where he did most of his miracles. Listen to this. And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught how we need to be taught the Word of God, how we need to be taught what Jesus teaches, how we need to be taught what the church teaches. We need to be taught. And you know what? If you're taught and you speak with authority, people will listen to you. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. Just then, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I tell you, the unclean spirits know him more than we do. He's their arch enemy, because when they're in his presence, he casts them out. We have the power to cast people, evil spirits, out. Yes, it's called deliverance. It's not called exorcism. I remember a a long time ago, this woman came to me. 
and she had fear of everything. And I prayed with her, and she started spitting up. She said, what's happening? I said, Jesus is sweeping the floor of your being. Don't worry. The demons left her, and guess what? She found a church, and she went to the church and started to frequent that church as a born-again believer. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Shut up and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him, came crying out with a loud voice out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? Someone called me today, needed the authority of God. She has epilepsy, and I used to have epilepsy. So I prayed that her nervous system in her head, her brain, would be perfect in the name of Jesus, that the electrical system in her brain wouldn't short-circuit, but would be perfect in the name of Jesus. And I believe it's happened. It's all about authority. Jesus wants you to have authority over your life, take authority. When we are in authority, we don't need long prayers. When we see Jesus, it's very short command prayers. When you have authority, you don't need to go into long explanations. You just say, shut up and come out. Stop talking, come out. Be healed in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. You know, it's not about the words we say. It's about the authority we speak them with. And authority comes through intimacy. It comes through you being friends with Jesus. Because he says, I no longer call you servant, but I call you friends. Because friends share secrets with one another. So Jesus wants to share with you the secrets of heaven. Jesus wants to share with you the revelations of heaven. And he wants to vest you with authority. Because the light of God drives out all darkness. That's why all the demons have to leave. Because they're just lower frequency spirits. They're just, dar they're just darkness. And when, the, and when the light of Christ comes, boom. All darkness has to leave. And it's important to understand that light, light and dark doesn't fight with darkness. We so often think it's this big battle. It's not. If a room is dark and you turn the light on, the light doesn't need to struggle against the darkness. It just overwhelms it. It just overwhelms it. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants the light of Christ. Because Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who comes to me will not walk in darkness. So as Jesus, he has his humanity and he has his divinity. So we see Jesus in his humanity, but Jesus in his divinity is light. So as Jesus' light comes into your life, it can quickly envelop all the darkness as you let your walls down and surrender. See why abandonment and trauma and the emotions are so hard to heal is because those cause us to put walls up. And the light doesn't penetrate through walls. So if you're looking at a wall right now, we can turn the light on in the room you're in. But the room next to it, the light doesn't penetrate into that room. 
because of the wall. So how we are healed is by letting our walls down, by surrendering to God, so that when the light of Christ comes, it just penetrates every part of our being. Surrender to God. Today we had an antiphon. Surrender to God and he will do everything for you. That was in the morning prayer. Surrender to God and he will do everything for you. As a result of the man being freed of demons, at once the fame of Jesus spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew, remember their brothers, with James and John. So the four of them enter Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with the fever, and they told him about her at once. You've got to remember, they didn't have antibiotics. When you had a fever, you usually died. You usually died. They could put cold compresses on your head, but they had nothing to destroy the bacteria that was causing the fever. So this is a miracle, the great miracle. And they told him about her at once. He came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. Not even a word, did not speak a word, took her by the hand and the fever left her. Oh, the hand of Jesus, it is scarred out of love for you. The hand of Jesus, it is scarred for love for you. Do you know that today? His two hands have resurrected scars out of love for you. But you and I need to do something. We need to surrender our lives to him. We need to give him everything. Because if we don't give him everything, he's Lord of nothing. Give him everything, and he's Lord of your life. How do I do that? I do it by my will. I give you everything. I surrender. I abandon myself to you. Take my life. And since the Lord, and since God spoke the world into existence, and, a, and a, we are sound, energy is sound. So what we speak is so important. As we, we want to speak forth the will of God for our lives. We want to speak forth, Lord, I abandon myself to you. Lord, I surrender myself to you. Jesus, I give myself to you. Jesus, I love you. And you want to speak it and speak it and speak it. It's like lifting weights. You don't get muscles by doing it one time, one lift. You do it day after day and after day. And that's why the Bible talks about being a trained athlete. We are trained athletes, but in the spiritual realm. You know, we need to go after Jesus with all of our heart. You cannot speak the enemy's will for your life. You cannot speak evil over your children or over your family or over this country or over anything. 
We are going to be judged upon the words we speak and our lives reflect first the words we speak and then the thoughts we think. First, we got to get our we got to get our tongue under control, as James talks about in his epistle. And then, as the book of Proverbs says, as a man thinketh, so he becomes. Then we get our thought life under control because it's about authority, right? We need authority over the words we speak, the thoughts we think. You know, we need authority over every region and access point of our life. Because as a man thinketh, so he becomes. So as we think and we understand and we have revelation through the intimate relationship of the love and the peace and the joy of God, that the Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall fear, that my God will supply my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So we have this revelation that God is our father, we are his children. And we believe that he'll supply for all our needs, that we have nothing to fear, that we are safe in God. Psalm 91, you know, then these realities come to pass. As we speak life, life is brought forth to pass. You know, the spiritual realm, there's laws that dictate the spiritual realm. And this is why people in the occult and the witches, they know these spiritual laws. And you know, we as Christians need to do a better job knowing it. So, you know, a spiritual law is, you know, we reap what we sow. So it doesn't matter how much we love Jesus. If we sow words of death, we reap death in our life. If we sow words of life, we reap abundant life in our life. So, yeah, so just the Lord took me here. But today, just be very focused on the words we speak. Because with our tongue, we can glorify God or we cannot. The scripture continues. Then the fever left her and she began to serve them. She got up from the bed and started making chicken soup. <laughs> this is something wonderful. She's got four more mouths to feed. Peter, Andrew, Jimmy, and James. And John. Jimmy and John. Peter and Andrew. And she doesn't see anything difficult about it. She's just going to serve them. Are you serving the Lord today? Or are you serving yourself? That's a very good question. Who are you serving today? Are you serving yourself? Or are you serving the Lord? I remember saying to somebody on the uh, radio, if I had a restaurant, I would give them a pound of pasta and whatever else they wanted so that they could take the pasta home, that they could take the pasta home. Pasta costs so cheap. People go to restaurants, you only get a little bit. That's wrong. Give a lot and they'll come back. That's the same with the spiritual life. Give a lot to people and they'll come back. They'll come back hungry. They'll come back thirsty. They'll come back looking for more. Tell us about the girl that's not Catholic in the Eucharist. So while we were at 
um, Steubenville, Ohio, this weekend. There was a, there's a wonderful girl. She's in high school, and I guess she 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 has Jesus, but she wasn't Catholic. And when they had the Eucharistic procession on the final night after praise and worship, and they were walking around with the Blessed Sacrament, and the priest would blessing people. I had never seen someone bawl her eyes out like this girl was bawling her eyes out. Tears of just elation and joy and just she, the wells of living water was springing up and up and up and up in her because the power of God through the Eucharist was so present in that room. And then when the priest was done and the Eucharistic procession was over, she she said she had become so sad because she just wanted Jesus back in the Eucharist. She said she couldn't take her eyes off of the Blessed Sacrament. And she had never in her life felt Jesus before like she felt Jesus in the Eucharist. And then at the end of the conference, they called the people up and they said, you know, we're aware that everyone who comes to this conference is not Catholic or you may not even be Christian. You might not even know what you're doing here. And out of 1,800 kids, they said, who would like to become Catholic? Her, She came up with another young man from our group who wasn't even baptized. Out of 1,800 kids, seven came up, and two of them were from our group. And she had been converted by the power of the Eucharist, and she's now going to become Catholic. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass. 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.